today we're going to do our first book and I'm really, really excited. So let's just get right into it. The first book um, that I will be talking about is Marigolds for Malice by Bailey Cottrell. This is part of her series, the Enchanted Garden Mystery Series, um, which is a cozy mystery category. I mean, it's classified as mystery on the back of the book. I call them cozy mysteries because honestly, that's how Barnes & Noble categorizes them. I don't know if in the industry they're called that, but I think it's a perfect name for this type of book and it encapsulates what the stories are. So that's what I'll be calling any books that I'm reading that are in this category. So yes, it's a cozy mystery book. It was published in 2018 by Penguin Random House their Berkeley crime um, division and it has 303 pages. I did not purchase this book. I was given it as a gift from my mom. She probably got it at Barnes and Noble and I just like to document those things. I like, I think it's interesting <laughs> and maybe someone else out there finds it interesting to know where you got a book or how many pages are there, who published it. Um, you know, so in this podcast and in this series that I'm doing, I will be categorizing those things. And as always, I would love any feedback if you prefer the categorizations to be at the end or if you like them in the beginning. I guess we'll both or we'll all be figuring that out as time goes on. So some fun things from this book before I get into the synopsis of it um, are that there is a recipe in the back and a baking recipe and an aromatherapy recipe, which is super cool. I love when books do this. Um, cozy mystery books tend to do this a lot and I love it. I've never made anything from any of these books, but I just love that they're there and that the option is there and it kind of connects you to the book and connects you to the character in such a, an amazing way. And it's just fun. It's just fun to have read something and then flip to the end of a book or the end of a chapter and see that like an element of what you just read about is something that you can bring into your world beyond reading the book. All right. The synopsis of this um, book, I will say this, um, this book, Marigolds for Malice, is the second book in the Enchanted Garden series. And I didn't feel, I haven't read the first two books, I didn't feel personally like it was necessary for me to have read the first two books. And I think that a lot of times with cozy mysteries, they're written in such a way that they they know that maybe someone is just going to kind of pick up a book by a title or by a cover or be given it as a gift. And that, so they kind of write them, you know, where you don't need to have read the first two and she does a great job of catching you up to kind of what happened in the previous book what happened before and she you know reintroduces characters in a natural way so i don't think that for this series it's necessary to read them in order um i think i will go back though and buy the first two and read them that way um just because I really like these characters and I think for me personally, I would like to read them in order, but it's definitely not necessary. So you could pick up anyone again based on title or cover or whatever you would want to do um, and read them in any order that you'd like. The synopsis for Marigolds for Malice, um, it centers around the main character, Eliana Albright, and she owns a perfume store called Sense and Nonsense. And it's kind of like my perception of it was that it's also kind of apothecary-esque. So there's, you know, tinctures and 
um, aromatherapy things and I don't know, satchets of lavender and stuff like that. So she runs this store in this small town in California. For this specific book, she is opening a museum with a group of people in her town um, who I believe are her friends. And I think that this would be, again, a time where maybe reading the first two books could have been helpful, but it's not super necessary to the plot. But I believe they're kind of like her friends or her newfound friends, some of them, and they're opening a museum that's dedicated to the local history of this specific town. And they find a time capsule, what they believe to be a, is a, to be a time capsule, in a butter churn, and they open it and or they they don't open it sorry <laughs> they give it to the mayor they kind of are thinking like this could be great publicity for the museum and for the town in and of itself so they tell the mayor about it and they open it in this kind of like big ceremony in front of a bunch of people who are already in the town and in front of news reporters and stuff like that um, and when they open the contents, they're very odd. It's, it's just kind of things that you wouldn't expect to be in a time capsule and things that don't make sense in terms of time capsule-ish things. And there's no description. Like a lot of times when people make a time capsule, they'll put a description or they'll make it easy for people in the future to kind of understand what these things are. And that's not the case here. It's just kind of objects that they don't connect well, they seem, again, odd that they would have been placed in there. And one of the things that is in there is this manuscript that the main woman, Eliana, is, like, very drawn to. Um, and her friend, Mary, who is a professor, I believe. Wait, is her friend's name Mary? Nope. I don't know where I got Mary from. What the heck? Her friend's name is Eureka. <laughs> Um, she's a professor and I, I think that she's the one who's like really spearheading opening the museum, I'm pretty sure. And um, she's also super interested in, in this manuscript. The day after this uh, time capsule is open, someone is found dead and Eliana runs around, you know, trying to figure out who killed this person and also honestly what the contents of this time capsule are. That leads me into something that I loved about this book. I don't read like serious mysteries. I only read cozy mysteries, but a lot of times it's like one mystery, right? It's like, okay, someone someone was murdered and then that's the mystery. And what I really, really appreciated about this book, and I can't speak to the other books in the series, but what I loved about this book specifically was that there was more than one mystery happening. So you're reading the book and you're not solely focused on who murdered this person and why, which is like part of the fun of reading cozy mysteries is being a sleuth and trying to figure out, you know, who did it, why they would have done it, yada yada. But it was really cool for my brain <laughs> to also have this second mystery of like what is this time capsule why is it so important why does the main character have this feeling about this manuscript that's in there and some of the other things that were in there that were mysterious and you know curious like so it was very cool to read a, a book that had more than one mystery happening at the same time and so it gave your brain more things to kind of focus and think about and figure out if they were connected, if the contents of the time capsule were connected to the murder, you know, because who's to say? So it was very cool and I really, really loved that. And some of my other favorite things about the book were the 
magical elements. So the main character, Eliana, has elements of magic to her beyond intuition. She has this book that her grandmother gave her that has kind of like, I believe, like recipes and potions and information about flowers and essences and stuff like that and there's the magical elements to uh, to this book that her grandmother has given her there's magical elements to the main character herself to her home to her store um one of the things that she talks about is hearing fairies out in her backyard and she has a fairy garden that people are allowed to come and like play in or just sit around in and i really really liked that element because Again, it added, it was another dimension to this story. It was not just someone living in a town and then, and they run around solving mysteries, which I love as well, but it was another element and I love stuff like this. I'm, I'm all about fairies and magic and that kind of thing. So this was really, really right up my alley on so many fronts. So I loved that. And those elements of magic also added, they created elements of mystery beyond just this main mystery that people were trying to solve. And I really, really appreciated that. So in terms of dislikes, so I'm going to try and kind of like delicately go around it. It was a kind of odd thing that bothered me. And so it might not even bother you. It might be like, well, why are you even talking about this? Um, I think it's more of like a general annoyance in how main characters are written, oftentimes when they're women. And it's kind of, I don't know if it fits directly into the, the like manic pixie dream girl type of vibe, but something in general in books that just is a huge pet peeve of mine is when a character is given something that has no grounding like there's no real reason why this character is making the choice that they're making and it would be really simple to add an explanation of why they're doing what they're doing but an explanation is not offered and so it feels kind of like a really fluffy choice or choice that's made just out of a trope um and so I would say, and this has to do with eating, um, and so there might be a small, I, I suppose, trigger warning here. Um, if you're in recovery or if this is not something that you want to hear about, you could fast forward maybe a minute or so <laughs> or 45 seconds. I'm not sure. But something that really bothers me is when, and this happens a lot of times in films as well, and it's when the main character who's a woman is like, you know, she's like busy. She's like running the store. She's like doing this. And then she's eating like a, a crumb. And there was so much focus on her food in this book that it, it almost struck me as odd. You know, it was beyond like, oh, we're, oh, uh, you know, I woke up in the morning and I'm eating my breakfast and thinking about this um, mystery. It was like kind of excessive, you know, like the book starts out before any mystery has occurred with her eating only saltines and peanut butter and I'm like okay kind of odd it felt odd to me how it was placed in the story I, I just questioned why it was being written right but it's the beginning of the book so I'm like whatever basically for me as the story goes on I have a page bookmarked uh 165 pages in where I have bookmarked and written <laughs> to talk about this because there is a, like a huge paragraph where she's talking about eating a sandwich that's like a basic sandwich and she's like, I ate this sandwich and I'm like so, like just so absolutely so full because this sandwich is huge. And she's like, yeah, it was just made on like some pieces of sourdough and it was like burrata and um, tomatoes. And I'm like, oh my God. 
And there's so many other elements in the story or times in the story where her lack of eating properly and like a balanced diet could be explained in ways. Like it, it could have been explained in a sentence or elements of the story could have been used, especially for most of the story after this murder has occurred. You could be using elements of like grief or just like panic or like stress or whatever as reasoning for that and instead it was just kind of like flopped in there numerous times about how she's basically just eating you know crackers there's like a a literal scene where she has dinner plans that get canceled and instead of like walking to dinner just driving herself to somewhere to, to pick up food or ordering takeout or you know whatever she's like oh drinks like half a bottle of wine opens her fridge sees like a tiny piece of cheese and an apple and eats the rest of the saltines the cheese and the apple and this is like days of her eating this way so anyway this is just my small rant <laughs> but i think for me this is an element that's so big most of the things if it's like i didn't really like this it's it's not something that feels serious to me but this is something that's just like annoyingly serious where it's just not necessary to write the main you don't need to write them having disordered eating in order for them to be a cool quirky fun (laughs) character like she could easily have written this woman eating three meals a day and that's the thing like it wasn't a, a a monetary um situation it wasn't described as being a grief situation it was just like solely i don't even know what and the whole story the whole book uh she goes to the grocery store numerous times because she has to pick stuff up for her store and i'm like All right. So that's the one thing that actually bothered me a lot in the book that I just think was so not necessary to the story that I just questioned why it was put in there in the first place. And honestly, at some point it kind of detracted because it was like, I don't know if this is a reflection of the person who wrote it and, you know, or was this like a conscious choice? And if so, why? Anyway, I will be keeping this book for my bookshelf. Um, so even with the things, <laughs> the thing that I disliked the most, I still liked the story enough and I liked the characters enough and all of those magical elements that I talked about enough to keep this from my bookshelf. Um, I do not keep every book I read. I used to and I just don't anymore. I found that um, I used to want to have a huge home library, which I still do want. And my you know theory for this was that I would have a huge home library and anyone could come in and borrow any one of my books. Um, not take it out of my house though, but just read it in my house. (laughs) Anyone could come in and, and, and pick any book and it shouldn't be dependent on if I liked the book or not. But as I've grown and just have had different experiences in my life, I think that for me, the best option right now is to keep books that I liked enough to not want to donate them or sell them. There's so many different reasons for this some is like if i'll reread the book some are if the book really touched me some are if i really liked the story um and sometimes like i can't even specify why um sometimes it's because i bookmarked the shit out of it and i feel like okay there was enough in here that even if i pick up the book and think maybe i could get rid of this one there's so many bookmarks that i feel like no these are things that i'll definitely come back to at some point and want to relook at so i think with this book i i don't know specifically why i just like it it feels comforting to me and i would like to keep it so and my mom gave it to me i don't know so anyway yes this book will be kept for my bookshop and now into the section where i will be giving recommendations so i have a few lined up 
Um, first is if you have, so if you have already read this book or if you've read any of my rec- the books that I will recommend and you liked them, then this book is for you. That probably sounds a bit confusing, but it's just <laughs> books that were similar to this that I liked and I think that if you like this book, you might like those and vice versa. And I guess if you really, you read this book and you really didn't like it, maybe those are books to avoid. The first book is actually Bailey Cottrell has a another name. She writes as Bailey Cates for her The Magical Bakery Mysteries series. And actually, before I read Marigolds from Alice, I read um, Cookies and Clairvoyance by Bailey Cottrell as Bailey Cates. And I also loved that book. I read it a few years ago and I didn't realize, my mom also gave me that book, Cookies and Clairvoyance, and then she sent me this one and I didn't realize that they were the same author until... I mean, I mean, pretty quickly, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure these were the same author and it literally says so on the inside of the book. Um, so if you have read the Enchanted Garden Mystery series and just somehow maybe didn't make that connection, that Bailey Cottrell is also ba- Bailey Cates, I think that Magical Bakery Mystery series is a great place to start. If you like her writing and you want to kind of eat those up, I definitely think that's going to be a series that I'm going to dive into the rest of the Enchanted Garden Mystery series and then also this magical bakery mystery series because as I said I like the depth in the characters and I I remember really liking that about cookies and clairvoyance is that the 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 story and and the the depth that was there in the story and and in the characters was really refreshing and it was still again like an easy simple read that is good on my brain and kind of my spirit and my soul and at the same time the characters had a lot of dimension and depth and the story did as well so yes so I'd recommend those and then if you like cozy mysteries kind of in the similar vein in terms of writing and storytelling and general vibe I just feel these are like connected vibe wise it is another cozy mystery series uh by Ellery Adams these ones are I believe this series is called a secret book and scone society as the whole series but that's also the title of the first book in the series and again those are by Ellery Adams um I've read a secret book and scone society and I also loved it just like a general brief overview of the story it's just this woman who lives in a small town as they usually do and then a mystery occurs and she solves it uh she obviously but she I believe she owns a bookstore and she also runs um a kind of like after hours like book club with wine I think there's wine maybe it was tea I don't remember but it was like kind of she runs like a cozy after hours book club with some of her friends in the town who run these like equally magical businesses. So I feel that it's very similar to the Enchanted Garden Mystery series, just in that vein that there's like some elements of magic. Secret Book and Scone Society novel um, or series are magical as well, just less maybe elemental, um, but there's definitely, she. the main character is definitely very intuitive. Um, her name's Nora and she owns a, yes, she owns a bookstore called Miracle Books. And she has some friends, I can't remember their names, but like there's a woman who owns like a bakery where she makes scones that like she'll just get a feeling like someone needs this scone and she'll put these herbs and these elements into these scones and then give them to the person and it shifts that person's day or their life. So there's definitely magical elements in the Secret Book and Scone Society novels as well. And again, 
there's a lot of dimension to the characters and to the story, which I really appreciate. Um, so I love those. I have The Whispered Word, which is the second one in the series. And I actually think that might be what I read next because I'm on a little bit of a like a mystery kick. So yes, would definitely recommend that. Now, on a similar vein of books to Enchanted Garden Mysteries, but books that are not um, cozy mysteries, I would suggest if you are into fairies and you want to read more stories of fairies and you want to kind of get into that apothecary aspect of the main character's store in the Enchanted Garden Mysteries, I would recommend The Modern Witchcraft Guide to Fairies by Sky Alexander, A Complete Guide to the Magic of the Fae. Um, this is kind of like a maybe like an anthology. I don't really know. I, I haven't read it cover to cover. It's beautifully done. The pages are beautiful. The cover is beautiful. And it's just like, it's really nice. There's like little spells, explanations of things like what are fairy rings, working with the fae, creating a fairy garden. It's just honestly a really, a really nice, cute, informative book if you're into that kind of apothecary fairy elemental type of thing. And you want to just read more about that or get more in-depth kind of information along that line. <laughs> so that's one. And then again, similar to the apothecary, this is a novel. So Modern Witchcraft Guide to Fairies is like I said, more of an anthology with kind of recipes and information and stuff like that in there. Um, this next book is a novel. It's called A Secret History of Witches by Louisa Morgan. And the only information that is given about the author, which I love because it adds that element of mystery and magic to it, you flip to the very end trying to figure out, you know, first of all, it's like, I'm pretty sure that that's a pseudonym because Louisa Morgan sounds like, you know, a witch name. And then you you flip to the end and it says, she gives acknowledgments. So like people are named in the acknowledgments, but then meet the author says, Louisa Morgan is a pseudonym, period. And that's it. That's the entire meet the author section. But anyway, yes, if you're more into like magical apothecary, the witchy kind of elements of the Marigolds from Alice book, um, A Secret History of Witches is so incredible. It's so dear to me. I, it's just, it was so, to me, very original, just beautifully done. It, it explains like complexities the the stories that are interwoven together is just amazing it follows five generations of witches basically um and it goes generation by generation so you see the first you know woman kind of like live her life and then you literally see these generations um continue forth for five generations and it's very very amazing so i would highly recommend that um, if you want a novel. There's an, it's not a mystery, it's just a novel, <laughs> and it's really great. And so, there you have it. That's, um, that's where I'm at. That was my little tiny book review of Marigolds for Malice. Again, I would highly recommend it if you're into cozy mysteries, if you're into magical elements, those just beautiful, magical <laughs> little moments. There's no other way to describe it. If you're into that, and you're into mysteries in general, maybe you've never read a cozy mystery, um, I think this is a great place to start, really. I would really recommend these as a great place to start because the characters are well-rounded. There's a good storyline. Um, they're beautifully written and there is that magical, mysterious element um, to them. They're not like gory and horrible. It's just like, obviously hor a horrible thing happens because that's the crux of the whole book. But the focus is like on 
so many other magical things that are happening while they're trying to solve this this mystery so there you have it that was my take on marigolds for malice the third book in the enchanted garden mystery series by bailey cattrall thank you and i'll see you whenever i finish my next book